Now, we've already talked about, and then just for those that don't know, but we've talked about what fasting is. Um, how many fasted before? Let me see your hand. Amen. Great. Great. So you know what it is, right? The definition, the biblical definition for fasting is fasting is denying your flesh so that your voice will be heard in heaven. We went through that Isaiah passage, right? Fasting is what? Denying your flesh so your voice will be heard in heaven. So when you deny your flesh, literally, God is hearing you because you're sacrificing something. How many know you can't get something if you don't give up something? Amen. And there these difficulties that show up in our lives sometimes, they've been with us for a long time. And, and I found out in my own life that these difficulties, sometimes it seems as if they will never leave. And so I just want to show you this. Matthew chapter 17, beautiful passage of scripture. <clears throat> if you stand for the reading of God's word. Matthew chapter 17, and I want to read <clears throat> I want to read from verses 20, amen, to 21. I'll read from verse 19. Then, he, then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not drive it out? And he said to them, because of the littleness of your faith. For truly I say to you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here, and it will be moved. And watch this. And nothing, turn to your neighbor and say nothing, nothing. will be impossible for you. But this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. I want to talk about this morning fasting to overcome difficulties. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for your grace. Thank you for your mercy and kindness. I ask that you'd forgive me of my sins, cleanse me of all unrighteousness, create in me, Lord, a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me. Lord, I'm asking that you'd bless now the preaching of your word. Touch the hearts and the minds of your people. And God, we're asking in the name of Jesus that you would have your way. Lord, there are some difficulties <clears throat> that we are all dealing with in our own lives. So would you help us with this now? Thank you for your word. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of God will last forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank God. You may be seated in the presence of God. Amen. Many of us, <clears throat> thank you, ushers. Many of us deal with difficulties in our lives. That leaves us asking the question is it ever going in? Some of us, when dealing with difficulties, we have even said, I'm never going to get past this. 
Uh, this is too hard for me. Uh, we all feel to some degree inadequate at times in dealing with the difficult things that we face in life. I want to say this, as long as you live, you will face difficulties. I've told you throughout this series that fasting is a very important discipline for change in your life. We're still in the series on change. And there are a lot of us that want to change things in our lives. It may be a habit. It may be a, a way of thinking. It may be something that has been affecting your life for a very long time. The problem with change is it's a process. And sometimes in the process, what, we're not, what we don't realize is that we're dealing with something in the natural, but it takes something in the supernatural in order to change that thing in the natural. There are times that we're praying and we're, we're praising and we're serving God and we're saying, Pastor, why am I still facing these difficulties? And it's important that when you come up against what I call impossible situations, impossible things, amen, it's really important, saints, that you and I turn to the supernatural. I believe that the spirit world affects the natural world. I believe if you were to pull the, curtain behind, pull the curtain behind the scenes right now and look into the spiritual world, you'll see that there's a fight going on right now over your mind, over your life. I believe that even with what we're facing here in America today, which I addressed earlier in the 830 service, that it's difficult times. Some people don't see how they can make it through these difficult times. I believe rather than fighting, we ought to be praying. I believe rather than uh, getting upset and getting, uh, you know, all bent out of shape and start pointing the finger at this person or that person, I believe that if we were to, what the scripture says to the children of Israel, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves, amen, and fast and pray and seek my face, God says, then I will heal the land. Do I have anybody? I believe, saints, that what we're looking at here is really a spiritual battle. And I believe that fasting is something that can truly get God's attention on this matter. I believe that if we give up something, if we deny our flesh, and as I said, it, it involves giving up something. Sometimes the difficulties that we're facing in life is the difficulty of giving up something. Wish I had you. Sometimes it's hard to let go. Sometimes because you've been in the same uh, comfort zone for a long time or you've been doing the same thing for a long time and change comes in your life it's difficult to give up the old habits 
I believe you can leave a good place and go to a better place, but still take the old mentality to the better place. I believe that there are some things in our lives that we need to get rid of, but it seems like it's so hard. But I believe that God's word has the answer. I believe, saints, that we can break the yokes in our lives. I believe that God can deliver us. I believe that he can set us free through fasting. I believe so much in fasting, amen, that I, I, I believe that it's the answer, amen, to, to many, many things in our lives. And when I look at scripture, I, I understand that fasting is about humbling oneself. Fasting is about denying oneself. Fasting is about saying, God, not my will, but your will be done. I don't know if you've thought about it, but fasting and prayer, prayer and fasting, they go together. Amen. And so I believe today that uh, God can speak to us on these difficulties in our lives. I don't know what mountain you have in your life right now. But the passage deals with mountains, and we're going to talk about mountains here in a minute. But I got a few things I just want to say to you. And I found out in chapter 17 of Matthew, we find that from verses 1 to verse 13, we find that Jesus had taken Peter, James, and John, amen. He took them up to the mountain, amen, and he transfigured himself. In other words, he gave them a divine revelation. I got something for that right there. It's usually after God reveals himself to us is when we start getting attacks by the enemy. Satan does not want you to linger long on the great things that God reveals to you about himself. The transfiguration happened on the, on the, on the mountain and Jesus, you know, uh, James and Peter, uh, I'm sorry, Peter, James, and John was there. And, and, you know, Peter, the big mouth one, would always say, are we supposed to be here? Here's the thing. Wherever God leads you and wherever God, whatever God reveals to you where he leads you is what he wanted you to know. We talked about that in vision. Sometimes God cannot reveal to you, watch this, what he wants to reveal to you because possibly you're not where you're supposed to be or you're not mature enough to handle it. Peter, James, and John is on the, on the, on the mountain for the transfiguration and it's amazing that God revealed his glory to them. Then we find in chapter, uh, in the same chapter, but in verse 14, we find some, there's a shift. And I want to show you this shift for a minute. Verse 14, if you look at it, it says, Now when they came to the crowd, the Bible says a man, a father, came up to Jesus. And what did he do? He fell on his, falling on his knees before him saying, so he had a difficulty, right? Look what he says. He says, Lord, have mercy on my son. For he is a lunatic. I was, I was massaging this word this week. And I thought about it. I said, man, we all got a little lunatic in us, don't we? <laughs> we all got a little bit of strangeness in us, don't we? Sometimes it show up at different times, right? <laughs> I wish I had somebody. <laughs> Amen. Here's a father who had a son. 
he had a difficulty, right? And he thought that, listen, if I just come to Jesus, oh, I wish I had somebody. So before I get into my points, I'm going to give you some pre-points, right? So if you're going to deal with your difficulties, you got to first bring it to Jesus. The question is, how many times the things that we're facing, right, we pray about it, but here's the thing, we haven't really brought it to Jesus. Listen, we vaguely pray about it. Lord, you know, help me with this, and we move on. But have you brought it to Jesus? And here's the thing, the way you bring it to Jesus suggests, watch this, the severity of the difficulty. Because this father had to press through the crowd. Oftentimes, you're going to have to press through the crowd in order to get to Jesus because watch this, sometimes the crowd is not there for the right reasons. Sometimes the, cloud, the crowd is there to stop you for, to say, you know what, no, I ain't, go, I, I ain't going today. I, it, listen, they got too much people in front of him. They got too much people around him. So guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to leave that alone. I'm going to try to fix this, what, on my own. Do I have anybody? And isn't it amazing that times we do that? Where we're like, man, I want to go. I want to bring it to him. But the crowd is preventing me from getting to my deliverance. I wish I had somebody. He says the man came up and the crowd was there. And, and then he had, he had another problem. He had a problem because his son was a lunatic. I don't know how many of you got some lunatic children, but uh, amen. You know how them lunatic children act right? sometimes. Amen. It's like, oh, Pastor, what you talking about? Amen. We right here, man. We right here. What you, what you talking about? Amen. You got some lunatic parents too. Amen. Y'all ain't saying nothing. You better not say nothing. Let me see where Dari at. She, okay. All right. Okay. Look what he said. He says, "My son is a lunatic, and he's very what? Ill. For often, look what happens. He falls into the fire." And often into the what? Water. So this guy, this kid had a problem, a serious problem. He would get, he would go into his lunatic fits, right? And he would fall into the water and fall into the fire. He was hurting himself. And look what the text says. He says, I, now watch verse 16. He says, I brought him, watch this now, to your what? And they could not cure him. Now watch the, watch the text. The text is this. Watch this. The, the, the disciples had, Jesus had sent them out with the same power. With the same authority. With the same exousia power. They had the power to deliver but for some reason they could not deliver this boy. And, and the question is at times, right, we have, I mean, you have experienced something with God before. I mean, you haven't had a, a, a supernatural, I mean, God, you know it was God. How many you know there's a God, first of all? Let me see. You know there's a God, right? You, you've experienced some powerful things, right? Amen. Isn't it amazing that there are times when it seemed like you never knew him? 
Oh, y'all not hearing me. Y'all not hearing me. I mean, seriously, you're like, man, I tried. I prayed. Come on, somebody. I prayed. I prayed. I even fasted. I did all this stuff, but yet nothing is happening. I'm, I tried to kick it. I tried to do better. I tried to go a little further, but yet it just would not work. See, and, and this is where the disciples were. They represented Jesus, but yet they had no power. And here's the thing. It's, it's a dangerous thing to be a believer with no power. It's a dangerous thing to be a Christian. And listen, when you pray, nothing changes. It's a dangerous thing to be a Christian. Amen. And when you pray for somebody else, nothing happens. And that's where we are. Jesus said, look what Jesus answered, said, you unbelieving, uh-oh, and perverted generation, <laughs> how long will I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring him here to me. All right, Jesus said, hold on, y'all. You know what Jesus was saying? It wasn't just the disciples. It was the fact that people just wanted Jesus for what they can get from him. They were not committed to him. They just wanted the blessings, watch this, without the responsibility. They wanted the blessings without commitment. And oftentimes, that's why people come to church. They're going through a difficulty. And Jesus said, here you again. All right, I see you. All right, last, last time you had a car, I gave you a car. You messed it up. Now you're back, huh? <laughs> Y'all ain't trying to help. <laughs> Jesus said, okay, all right, come on, you unbeliever. But it shows you how, <laughs> shows you how gracious he is, right? That in spite of their, yeah, yeah, their unbelief, he still accepted them, right? Watch the text. Watch the text. It's all in the Bible. Watch what it says. And Jesus what did what? Rebuked him and the, the, the what? So that tells me he was a lunatic because he had a demonic spirit upon him. And let me just say something to you. Demons are real. Okay? They are real. But demons can only possess those who are not saved. So we know what's going on with this young man. Right? Now watch this. The Bible says Jesus uh, rebuked him and the demon came out of him and the boy was cured. Then the disciples came to him privately. Watch this now. They, they wait till it was, everybody was gone. The crowd was gone. And look what happened. Now I'm going to give you my points. Watch this. <clears throat> then the disciples came to him privately and said, why could we not drive it have you ever asked yourself that question? Why is it I can't get over this difficulty? Why is it that I can't drive this thing out? Why is it that this thing is still lingering in my life? Why is it that I haven't made any movements? Why is it that I'm still depressed? Why is it that I'm still down? Why is it, have you ever asked the why questions? Amen. Listen, you go to church. You're faithful, you're serving, you're committed, you're doing all these things, but yet you still got that powerlessness. And I want to show you what it links to today. Watch this. I got four or five things I want to give you, and we're going to go home. Watch what it says now in verse 20. You see, when you face difficulties, you have to reevaluate how you are handling it and ask the, the question Does this warrant a fast? Does, do I have to fast in this situation? You follow what I'm saying? If this diff situation is so difficult, 
do I need to fast about it? See, when I come up against demonic attacks, I know immediately I got to give something up. Have you been demonically attacked before? And here's the thing. You can be demonically attacked in your mind. You can be demonically attacked through people. Listen, Satan uses people who are not saved to frustrate you and I. Did you know that? Watch the text. The text says, and he said to them, watch this now. So how do we fast to overcome difficulties? Watch this. He said to them, because of your, because of the littleness of your faith. Somebody said, well, I think it was my wife said, well, they had no faith. No, they had faith. But the thing about it is they had littleness of faith. And when we're facing difficulties, isn't it something that our faith gets very small? So if you're going to fast to overcome difficulties, the first thing you have to do is it must be done with the right kind of faith. My first point. It must be done with what? The right kind of faith. That word littleness Watch this. It, it means in the Greek, the word means a season, something brief. And it's because the disciples came up against this lunatic boy, right? But their faith was so little, amen, that they did not have the right kind of faith in order to confront that difficulty. I'm talking to somebody. Jesus got right to the source of the problem. He says their little faith caused them much difficulties. Watch this. When you're facing difficulties, the kind of faith you have will determine your deliverance. It boils down to faith. What is faith? The Bible says faith is the evidence of things hoped for but yet not seen. In other words, you got to act like you already got it. But the oftentimes, because of our difficulties, our difficulties comes in at times to dismantle and destroy the little faith that we have. And saints, I want to tell you today, you may have to, watch this, you may have to reevaluate your faith. Now, this word faith here in this verse the word is different than the word faith that's used throughout the Bible. So this word is oglygos in the Greek. That means little faith. But the faith that we want is pistos. And pistos is the faith that moves mountains. Do I have anybody? And so what he says is it must be done if you're going to fast, if you're going to fast for, to overcome difficulties. You have to fast with the right kind of faith. But let's look what he says next. He says, for truly, truly, I say to you, if you have pistos, that's pistos, the size of a what? Mustard seed. A size of a what? Now, a mustard seed, I wish Sister Hunt would have had my mustard seed. She lost it. I don't know what she did with it. But a mustard seed is, is smaller than a lemon seed. It's smaller than an apple seed. And they didn't even have that kind of faith. So the next thing is, if we're going to fast to overcome difficulties, it must be done 
with the right measure of faith. Not only the right kind of faith, but the right measure of faith. Jesus was not talking about the size, but he, he, he wasn't interested in the size as he was in the quality of the faith. And if you and I do not have at least mustard seed faith, it's going to be very difficult to overcome whatever we're facing. And so he says, I say to you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, and listen, this word pistis, the word means assurance. The word means persuasion. In other words, I have to be persuaded that while I'm fasting, this stuff is working. Amen. It also means conviction. I have the conviction that this difficulty is not bigger than my God. I have to believe in the truth. I have to believe that no matter what it looks like right now, he says, if I have faith. Listen, it wasn't how spiritual they were. It wasn't how long they were saved. It wasn't how long they stayed on their knees. Some people stay on their knees for 35 hours, and when they get up, they still have the same problem. And all it took was a little bit of faith. Listen, mustard seed faith is so small, but watch this. When it grows, it grows 12 foot high, the tree. So here's what I'm trying to say. You got to start somewhere, amen, so that you will end up having great faith. Do I have anybody? And when you deposit mustard seed faith in your fasting and prayer, things will start moving in your life. Yokes will start breaking. Yeah, Lord, chains will start breaking. Deliverance will start happening. And watch this, and your life will start changing. Babe, babe I want to tell you something. You need faith, and, and, and not, not, not the kind of faith that people say, well, you're going to have great faith. I'm talking about little faith, mustard seed faith. You got to move, I'm sorry, you got to move past little faith to mustard seed faith. <laughs> Do I have anybody? Because watch this. If the faith that they had could not deliver that demon, it meant that it was smaller, come on somebody, <laughs> than the mustard seed. Does that make sense? Watch the text. Watch the text. You see, when fasting for difficulties, you must have a measure of faith that allows you, watch this, to see beyond your difficulties. To say, listen, this is not going to last forever. Weeping may endure for a night. That's my favorite one. But joy is going to come in the morning. I have the faith. I talked to my daughter about this this week. She was getting ready to take an exam. And I, I gave her this passage. And I told her, I said, you have to have the faith when you walk into that classroom and sit to take that test that you can see beyond what you're seeing on the paper. You have to already picture yourself as passing the test. Do I have anybody? Faith involves your imagination. I wish I had somebody. Faith involves your heart, but it involves you having a picture of what it could be. Are you with me? And then believing that what it could be, I already possess. Do I have anybody? Watch the text. The text says right there, look what he says. He says, if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, watch this, watch what he says next. Watch now, watch this. You, sh you will say 
to this mountain. You, you know what we're doing with our difficulties? I, I will use now our difficulties as the mountain, right? You know what we're trying to do? Rather than speaking to it, we're climbing it. Some of us are trying to walk around it. <laughs> I'm going to get around this. I'm, I'm going to get around this. I'm, I'm going to get around this. I, I ain't got no faith, but I know there's something around the other side. Some of us are trying to push our mountains. We're trying to push our difficulties. But here's the thing. It's not moving. Here's the thing. If when you speak to your difficulties and it's not moving, check your faith. Check it. That's the reason why it's still there. And deep down in the crevices of our hearts, guess what? Some of us don't want to let go of it because we've become comfortable living with it. And we're living as a handicap. I wish I had somebody. And what God is saying, I want to release it so that you can have a normal life. I'll give your neighbor a high five. Tell him that was right on point. That was right on point, neighbor. That was right on point. I want a normal life. But I can't keep living with these difficulties. Watch this. If I keep walking around the mountain, if I keep trying to climb the mountain, you got to speak to your mountain today. You, got, you have the capacity to speak and things happen. Peter, when he walked on water, you know what? He had some faith, didn't he? We, we criticize him for sinking, but we don't praise him for taking the faith move, right? He stepped out and did something. He defied gravity. I wish I had somebody. And it was only because of his faith. Now watch this, this mountain that's in front of you. <laughs> it's difficult. I know it is. I know it is. And here's the thing. But you got to talk to it. Now, I'm not talking to you. I'm not telling you to have a conversation. With, that's what happened with Eve. You know, that, that's, you know, Eve entertained the thing. And that's how we ended up where we are, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody say, and the man was an idiot to listen, right? <laughs> she was smooth, man. She was smooth. She was smooth. She was smooth. But you got to speak with authority because you have the authority. Where do you get the authority from? Because God gave it to you. He says, all authority has been given to me where? In heaven and earth. He says to you now, go. Now, when he says go, it's in the context of witnessing, but he's saying go under my authority. And this difficulty that you're facing right now, it may be hard, but here's my third point, my third point. It must be done without any doubting. You cannot doubt why you're speaking. Isn't that what we do? Fasting gives us the power to move the mountain. But guess what? When we're fasting with faith and not doubt, we're tapping into supernatural power. And oftentimes, it seems so hard. Somebody here this morning, I want to tell you something. You're facing a difficult thing. But God says, if you're going to fast, you can't doubt. You have to speak to that thing. You got to say, in the name of Jesus, I command you to move. In the name of Jesus, I command you to get out of my way. 
Amen. In the name of Jesus, I am free. In the name of Jesus, I am successful. In the name of Jesus, I can overcome. Amen. In the name of Jesus, I will pass the exam. My daughter went in there, and a couple hours later, she came back out and said, Daddy, I got a 92 on my test. I said, praise God. And, and, and listen, can I give you the flip side to the coin? She was, she was like, this is hard. She broke down. She had to break down. She had to break down, you know. <clears throat> you know, I'm not putting on blast. I'm not, I'm not doing that at all. <laughs> but it's a good testimony. You know what I mean? She was struggling with it, right? And to the point where she got overwhelmed. But I took her to scripture. Parents, I'm getting ready to do this camp. I'm getting ready to do this parenting camp. It's a spiritual parenting camp. How to raise spiritual kids. And that's how you do it. You sit with the word and you tell them, baby, you don't need no pills. You don't need no coffee. Amen. You don't need, you don't need none of that stuff. What you need to do is pray. And you got to speak to it. And when she walked into that classroom, she walked into that classroom and she spoke to that mountain and that mountain was removed in the name of Jesus. Watch the text. Watch the text. You can't doubt. But you can't doubt. It's easy to doubt when the mountain is bigger than you. Is there anything too hard for you? I'm going to get to that. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch what he's saying. Watch what he's saying. He says, he says, if you say to this mountain, what? Be moved, right? You say to this mountain, move from here to there, it will move. But watch what he says right here at the end. He says, and nothing. This is what I told my daughter. Nothing. Listen, I know it looks hard right now. I know it looks tough right now. I know that the, the, the future looks dim. I know what the stats say. I know what the forecasts look. I know what the clouds look like in your life. It, all the signs of, their fa- of failure is there. But don't judge it on what you see. He says, and nothing. I wish I had somebody. I said, and nothing. Is will be impossible to who? To you. Now, I'm not just trying to be a positive thing here, you know, one of these feel-good preachers that kind of thing here, you know, that name and claim it kind of stuff. But this stuff is for real. If you have faith, you can do whatever you want to do. You want to be a doctor? Go do it. I wish Ronnie was here. I was going to tell him that. You know what I mean? If you want to go back to school and you want to do something, I have a lady right here. Went back to school. How old were you? Don't, I don't want to tell all your age, but how old were you? How old were you when you went back to school? Right at 50 or over. She was 50 years old when she went back and got her college degree. I wish I had somebody. And you know what I kept popping her head? Nothing is impossible for you. You got to have faith. It was hard. Was it hard? She had to learn the computer. She had to learn how to get online. She had to learn all this stuff. Nothing. Amen. Cried in many a days, but she had to trust God. So my last point is what? It has to be done with the right expectation. Let me ask you a question. You prayed. You spent all that time talking to God. 
What's your expectation? Are you expecting to win? Are you expecting to overcome? Are you expecting, amen, greater things in your life? Anybody here expecting greater? Anybody want greater? I know you want greater, but are you expecting greater? And listen, he says you don't need big faith. You need mustard seed faith. I said, I'm saying one more time. Your life can start changing now, not tomorrow, right now. If you fast and pray with not little, I want to say little, not little, but mustard seed faith. Here's my prayer. God, give me mustard seed faith. I don't have no money in the bank. I'm struggling, whatever the case may be. Lord, give me the faith to believe I can save. Give me the faith to believe I can get a better job. Give me the faith. Listen, some of you young people in school right now, just same with my daughter. You know what I mean? You're struggling in class. You're struggling with your subjects and stuff like that. You can do it. Here's the thing. And if you don't want to go to college, find something you like doing and go study it. And then, watch this. Ask God to give you the faith to believe that you will complete what you started. The problem is we don't finish what we started. We start off good. We're all excited and everything, you know what I mean, the first week. But then you find out you got homework. Duh. <laughs> you know what I mean? The idea of going to college is one thing. You know, you can get a t-shirt, I'm in college, you know, I'm, I play ball. Yeah, okay. But you got to get in that classroom. <laughs> Amen. But you, and, and anything that you're going through in life right now, whatever difficulty that is, if you apply these points to your life, you will win. Watch this. Watch what he says. He says, but this kind does not go out. See, just because you talked about, talk to it, you still got to do the rest. He says, this kind does not go out except by what? Prayer and fasting. Some difficulties will require prayer along with fasting. So my last point is this. It must be done. Well, weapons. It must be done with spiritual weapons. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But the Bible says mighty for the pulling down of strongholds. Somebody here this morning, you have a stronghold. And you need some spiritual ammunition. And that's going to come through what? Fasting and prayer. Saints, you want to know how America's going to get back? Hmm. We can go march. We can go protest. We can go do this. We can retaliate. It's not going to work. We have to use our spiritual weapons. We have to pray for our police officers. Amen. We have to pray for the people that get pulled over too. Amen. I told him this morning, when you get pulled over, if you have a concealed gun, uh, concealed gun license, 
Put your hands on the dash. I have a concealed gun license. And don't move till he tell you to move. <laughs> Period. That's how I'm doing it. I have a gun in my car, man. You get it. <laughs> I ain't moving. <laughs> and we know, we know that sometimes people don't act right when the police pull them off. I tell the truth. Am I telling the truth? They curse at the police. Oh, what, what you want? You got. You got. He pulled you over, man. Just, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. No problem, sir. Officer, no problem. All right. And some people say, oh, even when you do that, you get no justice. But guess what? My hands on the dash. <laughs> Amen. And now I know I can Facebook stream. Yeah, I'm gonna stream you while you pull me over. But at the end of the day, the only way we're going to win is if we fight with spiritual weapons. Carnal weapons don't get it. You know, a woman went in labor with her first baby. A woman was in labor in her first baby and was experiencing much pain and anguish. uh, That is natural, right, doing labor. Am I right? The problem was the pain was, was... the pain wasn't producing the delivery. The idea is that the more pain comes, the more the pain comes, mothers, the closer distance between the pain, the closer you are to what? Delivery. But this woman was having increasing pain with no birth. She was experiencing uh, increased pain with no deliverance taking place, deliver, d- delivery taking place. The doctor came in and examined the situation and told the woman, I told her, told her and her husband that the baby's head was in the wrong position. Amen. The baby's head was pointed up. Delivery, the delivery of the baby is always easy when the head is pointed what? Down. You see, many Christians today are experiencing a lot of pain but no delivery. Amen. You know why? Because their head in the wrong place. Amen. Y'all ain't here, man. When we, if we want to overcome difficulties, what we have to do, saints, we have to fast, we have to pray, we have to believe, but we got to have faith. That's how we overcome. Amen. Give God a hand clap of praise.